a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we do something different. In fact, I don't know if we've ever done this before. Feels like we should have. Feels like we should have. We talked to both people in a couple on the air at the same time. Their names are Elaine and Steve. It's my understanding they're driving somewhere. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, Steve. I think he's, he's got his own business, so he's got a, a sort of a fluctuating income with some other circumstances going on. Elaine and Steve, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having us. No, my pleasure. Now, Elaine, uh, your email you sent in caught our attention. That's why uh, we're talking to you now. In a nutshell, help uh, our listeners understand your situation. We are in our 50s, our early 50s, and I have a significant medical problem, unfortunately, but I'm healthy. The challenge has been that my jobs have changed due to some of them beyond my control. So some of my insurance benefits and options have changed. My income's dropped because from a health perspective, I needed to be someplace where the atmosphere and the support was very positive. It was something that I'm just, I can't do anymore. Sure. So, which is fine. Um, I know I can only take care of me. So, however, my husband, he's in a pretty solid job, but it is, it can be something that is determined on a week by week basis, his income. So I'm, I'm the steady. I'm the steady when it comes to insurance, income, and everything. Well, I don't make what I used to make a few years back when we were more able to take care of things that uh, needed to be taken care of like we do, like we have now. So with that said, we are struggling trying to get back on track. And then the ugly medical thing rears its ugly head, too. So sure. that is that good. Yeah, that's okay, that's, a, that's good. You have Steve's approval. And so we, that is great. Let's do this. Let, let's figure out. This is one of the first things I like to do when we problem solve people's financial lives. I like to determine, do we have a short-term financial challenge, a mid-term financial challenge, or a long-term financial challenge? And in order to determine that, I have to now ask you a million questions. Are you ready for the speed round? Sure. Excellent. All right. So what is your household income, do you think, on an annual basis? We'll say between 100 and 115 a year. 100 and 115 a year. Uh, how much do you have in just boring savings, like an emergency fund? How much do you have in just a savings account? Zero. Zero, okay. How much do you have in retirement accounts? I have, and I'll let him add, I have a 401k plan that I used to have it where it was matched with my employer. That's not an option any longer. Okay. So it is, I currently have uh, 28000 in that and a sub-account IRA with like 3000 in it. All right. And Steve? 
I just opened up a, I left a family-owned business uh, 27 years and started my own company. So um, we didn't have any 401k or retirement other than the business passing down and selling you. But since I started my own, I've got roughly 6000 in an IRA. Okay. Uh, any consumer debt? Yes. About how much? Uh, we have, and when you say consumer debt, that's cars, everything, correct? Yeah, I would say cars, student loans, medical bills, and credit cards. Okay. Hold on here. But not our home. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll get all the numbers out. So feel free to just give them to me now or later. It doesn't matter to me. Fine. Um, let's see here. We have approximately car payment 467 a month. Okay. And what's the balance on that? Uh, it's a lease. It okay. ends next April. Thank goodness. Yes. Um, and then we have our... And monthly credit card debt is around 300. Okay. Uh, we have a retail account for 200. And what are the balances on those two accounts? Um, the retail card, roughly $1,500, I believe it is. Okay. And then the uh, retail account is probably around 800. Okay. And a medical, ongoing medical bill that we've been paying on. Because I always try to set up arrangements so that we get a smaller amount, 150. However, we, I would like to leave that in place because my new program, insurance program, and that's a question we have. We have an incredibly high deductible. No prescriptions, no visits are going to be covered. So we'll all be coming out of pocket from now on until we renew in January with a different program if we want. And that was one of our questions for you. Sure. And then um, you say you're in your younger 50s, mid 50s, late 50s. Where are you at on the 50s per, uh, per the scale? Well, one of us hasn't reached 50 quite yet. Oh. oh. <laughs> I so like that. You? I'm not a cougar. We are in our early 50s. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So... From the jump, here, here's my take. Definitely, we got some short-term issues we're going to need to clean up. Now, what, what, what's interesting about these situations, uh, in fact, I just wrote about this in USA Today, four weeks, in, five weeks in a row, uh, to be honest, how do you start from not a ton of assets at 50 and retire successfully at 70? Which, by the way, that is your story, right? That, that is what we're attempting to do. Um, yeah. We still have to s solve the short-term problems. And um, as part of that series, I like to try to dedicate the first two years of our, of our journey here uh, to cleaning up short-term issues. So I I'm not here to suggest that we're gonna ignore your long-term. We'll get to that in a second. But I think this is about survival in some capacity, right? It's like, if, if um, Steve, if the income from your business slows down, which as a business owner, that happens, doesn't it? Uh, on times, yes. Mine really fluctuate with the market right now because I'm in the real estate industry. So, so when that happens, we have to make sure <clears throat> that all of our plans don't get thrown uh, thrown for a loop. Is there any major positive 
financial event coming up in the ne next six months for you all, such as do you typically get a tax refund check or uh, Steve, do you got some good months going right now? So you know it's gonna be big here soon. Like, is there anything positive coming along in the next six months? Real estate market is starting to pick up again, so that's looking positive on my, my end. And on my end, my job is bonus-based, salary plus bonus. So I haven't received a first bonus check yet. Uh, I think that's going to help a lot just because the opportunity is not huge, but it's certainly welcome. Right. And then um, in that regard, do you have any major bad uh, financial things on the horizon? Do you have any bills coming due or uh, anything that you haven't started paying on yet? Our tax bill. Okay, so I assume since you're self-employed from time to time, you might find yourself behind on uh, withholding because there is none. And so you, you owe the IRS uh, at some point in time, or do you just mean your quarterly payment? We make a, I make a quarterly payment to them. But this is more on a personal level tax bill. Okay. And about how much do you owe, Steve? Um, after everything's said and done, we're probably looking at about eight grand. Okay. Is that a long standing issue or is it a pretty recent issue? Um, it's probably going to be a long standing, but it's recent here within the last two years. Okay. You know, it's interesting with these situations, I try to say, all right, let's say a big pile of money fell from the sky and landed in your car and, and didn't cause an accident, of course. Uh, how much money would need to land in your car to fix this problem? And I'm curious as to what, what you think that number is. I have a number in my head that would begin to solve some of these issues. I'm curious as to what you think the dollar amount would need to fall into your front seat there with you. Um, I would say probably 20000 would say take care of everything. What do you think, Elaine? And I'm, oh, Elaine, I, I think that I, I see 35000 more because of medical uh, things. And we're still getting medical bills in. Yeah, that... that... So I don't... That's what's frustrating. Uh, there's several things, as you know, Elaine. I'm not mansplaining uh, chronic medical conditions to you, but you know that's what can be so frustrating about it is once you clean up some of those bills, you just know more bills are coming in, in that regard. And there's not a whole lot you can do about it other than hopefully put yourself in a financial position to, to, to handle what's coming to you. I, I view it this way. like What would shift your cash flow? What would make your monthly... Um, life a little bit better. If you didn't have that $8,000 tax debt, if you didn't have the credit card or, or retail slash store card, um, if you didn't have the car lease, uh, those are some of the major issues. And of course, the, med the medical debt as well. I had a number in my head of about $15,000, right? And, and you, you hear that and you think, ah, that's, that, that's not enough. But it is enough to clean up some of the little stuff that pecks at you every single month, isn't it? Oh yes, absolutely. See, what I think we have to do over a two year period is we have to come up with a way to ha assign $15,000 to clean up those things without more debt stacking on top of that. Now the good news is in April of 2019, per what I think you just said, 
your car lease will go away. And that's a big chunk of money. Do you have an idea what you will do when you gladly turn those keys back in? Uh, absolutely. Well, we pr pursued a couple options. Well, first of all, <clears throat> last month, because of my recent problem with my illness, I missed making a car payment on time, but it's kind of questionable, so we're in that. So my credit score dropped hideously, and I know it's going to take some time to build that back up. By the time I lease again in April, we should be fine. However, um, as far as that goes, so we've been looking at leases because the payments look good. Now, the thing is, I've got to find something that works with me from a mileage perspective because I need a 15,000-mile lease. Uh. So at purchasing a car versus leasing a car, that's something else, too. Even if I have okay credit, I'm still going to be paying something a little bit more than those where they're advertised in the paper for a car that is reliable, that can travel back and forth from where I live up to the north side. Uh, let me ask an uncomfortable question, as though all of these were very comfortable. Um, is it possible that anyone in your car currently, assuming it's just you two, um, could work more, earn in in more income somehow, guaranteed income in the next six months. Is, is that realistic or is it completely unrealistic? In other words, take a second job. Oh. Um, it, it would be strenuous, I'll put it that way. And the type of job, too, within that time now obviously there's holiday stuff i think my husband i want i've offered but he because of my situation he is dead set against that because of that now so that's kind of my dilemma i would need something that would work with me and my challenges that i face yeah no and i, and I understand that and and by the way the rest of this conversation about a second job i want you to understand I totally realize what I'm asking and I'm not trying to be unrealistic. I'm, I'm just really trying to vet this idea because Steve, let's say for a second in the next six months, you're able to go a long way in terms of solving a lot of these short-term issues and creating some security so short-term issues won't bother you in the foreseeable future. Sort of the, the question at hand is, is it worth it to grind even harder for six months to potentially put some of these issues to rest? Or do you think that the issues are coming at you so fast that it really wouldn't do the job in six months? Um, I could probably grind a little harder on my end. Um, my, my, my job obviously is that my hours fluctuate. So yeah. It's, you know, I, I could be off at noon one day or 10 o'clock at night the next. So that's the difficult part, but I, there, there are different avenues that I can take with this as well. Yeah, I, what I would be interested to know, and I, I look, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't know if we can do it right here, right now on the air without us sitting in front of each other with some pens and papers and calculators and everything else. I'm curious if you could supplement your income for six months 
to the tune of ten to fifteen thousand dollars and solve some of these pestering issues which make your retirement situation even scarier like i'm i'm gonna go out on a limb and say i'm not even sure how scared you are of retirement because you don't have time to think about it because you're dealing with the now is that true for the most part yeah see that's why i want to fix that problem like i i i I, the retirement problem, oddly enough, it, this doesn't sound believable. As long as you've both paid into Social Security, it will eventually solve itself if we can get your lifestyle down a little bit. Where I'm concerned is at a hundred thousand dollar income, hundred to one hundred fifteen thousand dollar income, we have to get your lifestyle down far enough over the next ten to fifteen years that two ends will meet, right? Because you won't have a ton of resources available in retirement, but we also can't have your demand for money at that $100,000 level. Um, I see here your house payment is roughly, what, $2,400 a month, is that correct? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. It's like 1359. Boy, I, I, I feel like you were excited to tell me I was wrong there. I would be excited to tell me I was wrong there too. So it's 1300 something, okay, got it. Um, and other than the other bills you've just told me about, is there another large expense hanging out over there that, that I don't know about? Well, I think for me, and I'm being honest with what we have, it's not an expense thing, is recently with uh, his ebb and flow, sometimes not being able to pay at the house uh, a, a week, there will be a week that goes by he can't pay the house. Well, when we have weeks that he can't pay the house, then everything is left on my shoulders to take care of, and it, I, I, I can't swing it. <laughs> yeah, well. Because uh, I'm not able to swing it, so then it gets us behind. And then it comes into a dialogue that we don't like to have with each other, but uh, it's unfortunate. So we've been trying to work out a good plan so that when he pays into our home, it's on a, I just need it to be regular, and it's hard. By the way, that was the kindest way anyone has ever say we argue. We get into a dialogue that neither of us want. You should be a diplomat. We need you in Washington. Um, well, we, we don't argue over it. It's, she understands completely my position in my business. So, you know, as a, as a new business, it's going to have highs and lows. Yeah, you know what? I'm an old business and I have highs and lows. I am right there with you, Steve. And it does feel like sometimes when you are 100% variable compensation, which is what you are, um, your home life, your, your financial home life will suffer because of that. That's why, I mean, I'm not saying it's the solution. I just feel like some semblance of additional fixed income just for a period of time to, to give you a little wiggle room, I feel like that could be a way to go. Because let, let's say for a second, you, you can't make the payment for the month because business was slow, yet you had a savings account to have your back, not everything else gets pushed off to the side, and that's what seems so appealing to me about solving the problem in front of us. Yeah, I, I, the, the, the issue would be, again, my my market and my line of work is I'm relying on investors and, and people like that to to uh, send work. 
So unless I take a job at a, we'll just say a hardware store, mm-hmm. at that point, it's slim to none to even get hired, even looked at because of my hours that I keep through the week, and they don't want anybody to work at Saturday, Sunday, unless I'm going and delivering pizza. <clears throat> Yeah, and, and this is where I'm going to be incredibly unhelpful, more unhelpful than normal, <laughs> is I, I'm not even here to tell you what sort of job would get the job done, right? I, I don't know if where you right. live, ride-sharing services are a thing, or if you even view those to be realistic options. I I was an Uber driver for two weeks a few years ago to prove, uh, well, actually, so not to prove anything, maybe prove to myself whether or not it is a reliable and viable option. Uh, but again, I don't, I don't, I don't know that for you. I think if I'm both of you, I figure out a way in the next year to generate fifteen thousand dollars of additional income, um, and then put that additional income directly to the things that are kicking your butt every month. Uh, and I, I think that is the solution because as we look at it, let's say you don't do that. What is going to change? Now, Steve, I, I think you would say, well, my business will get better and it'll improve. But then we get into the idea of what if, what if the housing market falls out, uh, the bottom falls out because of the economy? Like, I feel like I want, uh, I, I want to understand how the status quo for you all, what will happen if you continue on it? Say that again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to if you don't get a second source of fixed income, another $15,000 over the course of the next year or so, what do you think will happen going forward if you don't get more income? I personally think it'll be the status quo where we're going to be struggling, which is what we don't want. And to be honest, uh, my husband has you know, his money, his business money, I don't tap into that. We don't we don't use it for anything, just for his business. And the thing is, he owns a piece of equipment that, honestly, if he were to sell it, it might help us better. But at the same time, that isn't run through our house. Yeah. Uh, any insight on that, Steve? Is that, a, is that a, a real thing or is it not a real thing? Like, how do you view that situation? It, it, she's, she's correct. It's a Harley. <laughs> that is a piece of equipment. Um, like Steve, realistically, how, how, re, how, uh, how willing are you to, to enter that into the equation? I mean, you either are or you aren't, are you? If it means protecting my home and my wife, I, I'll do anything, so. What could you get for it? I mean, not that I would buy it because I, I don't really do, I'm not tough enough really to ride a motorcycle. Um, but if I were, what would you, what could you sell it for? Do you think? And profit? Yes, sir. I would probably profit right around 5,000. Yeah. I wish you would have said a lot more because now at $5,000, it actually makes the problem. It it makes it seem like that $5,000 doesn't matter because it doesn't solve any one single problem. Right? Correct. (sighs) Ah, Good times. Um, what what would, would be between thousand? Say say that again. It would be how much? Between five and eight. Okay. But there is a payment still attached to it that is coming out 
of it. So there's a motorcycle payment that if he did sell it. What's the payment? I don't want it because I want him. This is his. The balance is set right at 10. And then what do you pay a month? 335. Yeah, Steve, little did you think on a Monday in October, you're going to end up on the phone with some random guy in a studio telling you that selling your Harley might make actually quite a bit of sense. What do, what do I think about it? Well, no, I, you probably didn't think you would be having this conversation right now, but alas, here we are. But you know what? A, a different set of eyes, perspective, ears, whatever, it, it, I'm always open to. Here's how I view this, and please correct my numbers. I'm about to throw a bunch of numbers, and the second they don't make sense, please honk or something. I don't know. Just tell me to stop. Um, you have a credit card and a store credit card. The credit card balance is 1500 bucks. The, the, I'm sorry, say it again. You lost me for the, a second. The regular credit card. What is the balance on your regular credit card? We have like three, three ones with like a balance of like six hundred or so on each one. Okay. So we, three, you know, three different ones. And then, how much is the store credit card? Uh, we don't have a store credit card. These are all like uh, Visa cards. Okay, so less than two thousand dollars in credit card debt is what you have. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. pretty much. And that that is costing you a few hundred bucks a month, right? Isn't that what you told me? Yes. So let, let's say it's costing you $300 a month and the Harley is costing you $300 a month. By selling the Harley, you would only get rid of $2,000 uh, of your debt and it would free up $600 a month of cash flow, and you'd have $6,000 or so in savings. Are those numbers still accurate? Pretty close. How much medical debt do you think you have? And, I, and that's the number that, that bothers me too, you guys, because I know those bills are just gonna keep coming based on, on, on your health situation, but how much medical debt currently exists? Right now, we have about 4,000. And you're only paying 150 bucks a month though, right? Yeah, because we just worked out a payment plan with the hospital and that's what I determined best works in our budget back when we were, I have, I was bringing in more money. Sure. See, because I think this isn't just about not bringing in more money. I think it's about these obligations that you have every month with they're just pecking at you. They're just pecking at you. There's like 600 bucks, easy, 800 bucks that is just sort of poking at you every month. And I feel like by selling the Harley, but keeping the chaps, you could get rid of those little things that are pecking at you and have some cash in the bank to let you breathe. So I guess what I'm saying is keep the chaps, sell the Harley. That's what I think you should do. Okay. Because the other thing that we struggle with is trying to come up with, and he has an uh, accountant that works with him, is what is the fair and balanced amount every week that he should provide to our home, knowing he makes more money than I do, and to keep everything afloat. 
And that's what we struggle with every so often is like, well, I, I can't bring that amount because I didn't have that come in this week. So I'm like, okay. So that's usually a big well, and, challenge. And, and I understand that, but that's where two things will help you. Number one, that increased source of fixed income, additional source of fixed income. And number two, a little bit of cash, a little bit of a, 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 we won't call it a slush fund, but a little bit of an emergency fund if that happens. So you can take money out and then when, the, when, when you finally do get paid, put money back into it. And I think if you had four, five, six thousand dollars in something like that, it, it, could, it could definitely help you out. And by the way, if you do what I, I prescribed, you're gonna have $600 less a month of bills which is gonna make living easier anyway. And if you want the super solution, which is both gonna make you love me six months from now, but hate me until then, is to sell the Harley and find a second gig for six months. And, and I would argue with that six months worth of hating me, you could turn everything around. You could at, turn absolutely everything around. Six months. Okay. I mean, you're 50 something years old. Do you remember when you were 16 and six months seemed like five years? But now, now we're, we're older. I'm, I'm 40, you're in your 50s. Six months is like a week and a half, you know? Right. Time, time flies. Uh, oh yeah. It, it, go ahead. The, the, the problem, like I said, unless I'm driving and, and delivering pizzas, which if I have to do, I have to do. But the problem for me with just keep additional work in or bring in additional work in my line, it's the kind of neighborhoods that I'm going to be going into that are a little on the dangerous side. No, I, I, because I've had guns pulled on me and my life threatened in these neighborhoods. Yeah, no, look, and that's why I said for me to start giving you gig recommendations is just sort of silly because I don't know your life and uh, well enough or, or where you live and, and who and who will not pull a gun on you. I don't know enough about that to say, well, you'd be silly not to deliver pizzas. That's, that's not for me to say. I think a different way to look at it is if I were to bring home an additional, like give yourself a minimum amount of money that you got to bring home every month and find a way to gig, whatever that means to you, to find an extra three $400 a month that just hits that amount. And I don't know, that's where it's going to take some real, not soul searching, but discussion, some brainstorming amongst the both of you to say, what are those possibilities? Because I really feel like until we solve this short-term problem, nothing else even really matters because your stress levels are so high. And Elaine, with your, with your medical condition, stress is not a good thing. And you know that, right? Right. Right. I, I think so, you're. I think you're closer to a solution than it might feel like. And if you're, and, and the, for the listeners now, I don't know who knows how you feel. I've just seen enough of these to know. I feel like we're six months away from this being incredibly better. But two major things have to happen. I, I think the, I think the chaps stay and the Harley goes, and I think somehow, some way, you try to pull in extra money over the next six months. And I, I think if you do those two things, this will look completely different come spring. So the so the sell of the bike would you use that money to pay off debt or would you put it into a savings, sit on it, and just continue to make the payments on everything 
as we would go. Pay off the debt. Pay, and here's the debts I would pay off. The, the credit cards and, um, yeah, the, the credit cards, right? That's it. I would pay off the credit cards and keep the cash, right? Because the big part, the credit cards stink because of the payment. And so once you get to recapture that payment and use it for something else, and you've eliminated the Harley payment, you freed up $600 a month of cash flow, and you've got $4,000 or so in a bank. So that makes life a lot easier. I wouldn't even attack the medical debt. I would keep paying 150 bucks a month. Okay. Now, the reason for that is because 150 bucks a month compared to the 4,000 or so in balance, that's a reasonable trade I would make. Like I don't, I would rather pay 150 bucks a month than not have $4,000. Do you know what I mean? Right. Okay. All right. Here's what I would so, like. Yeah, go ahead, Elaine. Oh, no, I was just uh, curious because with his set amount that he provides, is that, is there anything, any suggestions for him to help, you know, bump it up like every couple weeks? Should he just, or should we just remain where we're at? Because sometimes he can't bring that, um, can't write a check to the home for that. No. I understand. Yeah, that's the tough thing about being a, a business owner and any business or even especially a new business is it is what it is. It's not, Steve, it's not like you're not trying, right? It's not like you're not out there uh, on the streets trying to, to get business. So um, that's why taking the pressure off from a cash flow standpoint is the course of action or supplementing your income with an additional gig uh, until the business stabilizes. So Sometimes you can only deal with the problems that are right in front of you. And, and, and Elaine, the way I view it is, there's really no alternative if he can't pay the household that month, you know what I mean? Or, or, or that week. It, there's just, what else can you do? If you can't pay it, you can't pay it. Right, and that's what we, we I know, and that's okay. I mean, I understand that. Here's what I'd like. I'd like you guys to, on the rest of your trip here, we've had a, definitely a, a lively food for thought discussion. I want you to brainstorm the possibility of what we just talked about together without me involved. And then send us an update. Send, send Nicole, I, I know Elaine, you've been emailing with Nicole. Send her an update as to what you decide you're gonna do. Uh, and then obviously update us along the way. But I think you're closer than you think. And by the way, your, stress, your situation is stressful and you need that relief. So uh, anything else I can help you with before we go? Well, actually, yes. On our insurance, our health insurance, mm -hmm. we, like my wife was saying, that we are paying a very high deductible, but it's also a very high premium. Now, we have two options. We can pay a higher premium, lower deductible, or a lower premium, with a higher deductible, which would be the smarter way of going with this? Well, I mean, there's, I don't like depends answers. I try to stay away from them. It, it's all about the gap, the difference. So are you talking about saving $100 a month by going with a higher deductible? Or are you talking about saving hundreds of dollars a month? The deductible for the lower payment is $4,000 difference. Okay as opposed to paying another, it was roughly 100 and something dollars more a month 
to go with a higher premium. I think it's more like around 175 more each pay period, okay? So yeah. that's times two. But the deductible on the higher one was 12000 versus the smaller one was around, I think, six six to 7000 Yeah, I mean... And I haven't... Are you you're pretty much guaranteed to blow through and hit your deductible based on your medical situation, right, Elaine? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's kind of how I was looking at it, and that's what we we did a trial run right now on the higher the higher because I wanted to see how it panned out and how much it would cost for us to pay out of pocket. And so far, so good. Um, not too many, you know. We've been fine. It's just always thinking, well, what if? And so that's uh, where we, we have an opportunity to uh, sign up again mm-hmm. and perhaps switch to the other plan. And he wasn't sure that we should actually, he, he felt that maybe we should do that. Well, until your cash position improves, I think it makes more sense to have a lower deductible, right? Now, if, if we're having this conversation, you have $10,000 in the bank or $15,000, I would say absolutely consider the lower premium and the higher deductible because it, there's, there's no chance, and, and this seems rude or out of hand, there's no chance you don't use up your deductible, right? You're going to have medical expenses. So the way I see it is you have the fewest out-of-pocket medical expenses you can, and the way you would do that is to have the lower deductible, even though you've got a higher monthly premium. Okay, that's that's kind of that's good to know. We just weren't sure, and how that should work out. And then um, I think that really kind of covers everything that you know we had questions about. And I look forward to hopefully reporting back um, to you and Nicole our new plan, we've got, you know, some things on the horizon. Like I know I'm going to get a lower car payment with, should I buy or should I lease? What's your opinion on that? Uh, generally I would want you to buy and I would want you to buy something that is not new. Uh, I would want you to buy a five or six year old car, uh, and, and try to have a, a pretty low payment, pretty low dollar, uh, purchase level. And, uh, cause I don't want you to have a car payment. Right. And I don't think uh, having a lease is a good idea in a situation like yours because we're trying to improve your cash flow and take the pressure off your income. Uh, so work on those things. Update Nicole and we, we will follow your situation. We'll update our listeners. So thank you so much and drive safe to where you're going. Thank you for your help and advice. My pl- thank you very much. My pleasure. That's it for this week's Pete the Planner show. What did we learn this week? We learned a lot, hopefully. Man, this is real though. This is, I have these conversations a lot, whether they're they're on the air here or the people we serve at Your Money Line. And uh, sometimes it just doesn't feel like there's good options. And when you're a business owner and your income fluctuates, you just saw the, the ugly side of it. If you can't contribute to the household, you can't. And it's, it's not like you're not trying, you're out there busting your hump. I do think the solution is to sell the Harley though. Keep the chap, sell the Harley, grow a mustache. That's it uh, for the Pete the Planner show. I am. This is for information purposes only, not the service financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. All right, you follow the podcast. How do I know this? Because you're listening right now.
You might have even read one of our blogs or one of our books. But there's a whole other side of this Pete the Planner Empire that you know nothing about until today. It's called your money line. It is the complete financial solution for employers. There's this whole world and it's called financial wellness. Sounds like nothing, but it's something. It's a benefit that comes to you via your employer. It helps you manage your financial life to get answers to your financial questions. Well, your money line, the company of which I'm the chief executive officer, one of the leading companies in this world that deals with financial wellness. If you are an HR person or a, in the position of leadership within your organization, go to yourmoneyline.com and schedule a demo today. If you are a wholesome, wonderful employee, reach out to your HR person and send them to yourmoneyline.com. It's time to get Pete in your workplace. Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? 